Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Before we jump into that, let me try out some of these scouting terms for when we have Cecil on. Okay. Yeah. Reactive shoulder mechanics. Reactive shoulder mechanics. He's got good reactive shoulder mechanics. Okay. What? Okay. Uh-huh. Leverage awareness. Leverage awareness. I like that. Uh, kinetic burst. Kinetic burst. Okay. That's it. That's it. That might even be a. Well, Wait. kinetic awareness is, you know, kinesthetic awareness. Kinetic chain. Like, that's real stuff. Oily hips. Oily hips is something we've used before. Have we? Okay. Yeah. Well, but, it, I mean, it's, it's an actual scouting term. Guys actually say oily hips. Shutter knees. Shutter knees. <laughs> describes my career. Uh... Oh, yeah. Somebody said that we were trying to figure out the one that we used yesterday. Was it Ass Whippitude or Ass Whippincity? Whippincity? Ass Whippincy? Yeah, that's not that. No, that's... Hmm. Arm Intelligence? Arm Intelligence. (laughs) I like that one. I like that oh, one. See, I use arm arrogance all the time. I like arm. Well, that's actually, I think, a, that's a real term. So here's but, but one. Arm, hey, Cecil, how's uh, Bo Nix's arm intelligence? One of the things, like, so if we use kind of my breakdown of a guy like uh, Drake May, because we could use, hey, Drake May seems to be sliding a little bit, Cecil. Yes. So the things that concern me about Drake, like I said, he's got a real loopy arm mechanics. So could we come up oh, with a fake loopy? loopy? All right, that's all right. That's your assignment, Texters. Like he's dropping because of, and I could just use the like fake term about his throwing mechanics. Okay, all right. So here's your assignment, Texters, because this one this one fits because you don't like Michael Penix's delivery, you don't like Drake May's delivery. Too loopy. So we need a scouting term. To throw at Cecil, made up, that sounds like a real scouting term to describe a loopy delivery. Go. 303-713-1043. Here's what's going on at denversports.com. The Nuggets get a win last night. Jake Shapiro writing about the game. How Michael Porter Jr. carried the Nuggets in a finals rematch. And you know what? I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he did carry him. Mm. And, And good for him. Yeah, and he had, by the way, he had a good playoff last year, good playoff run, but his finals, his final, they, they talked about it on the broadcast last night, his finals um, appearance against Miami, he was bad in the finals. For the most part, he played well in the, in the playoffs, but in the finals, he was not good. And so that was kind of, not that that's retribution, but it's, it's movement in the right direction. Too often, I feel that the commentary surrounding Michael Porter Jr.'s game, it you'd think you're talking about a, a rookie or second-year player who you're just straining to find signs of somebody who's going to be a pretty good pro. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at how he hit the boards. Hey, look at his effort on defense. Hey, look at uh, 
um, you know, how he he's rebounding, right? All that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you and I'm like, well, well, wait a minute, hold on. We're not talking about a first or second year player trying to show that he belongs in the league. He's making more money than Jamal Murray is making per season. This right. is a this is a max player. Okay, can we raise the bar a little bit, please? Mm-hmm. And so my biggest knock on him has been in these moments where Jamal Murray's out or Nikola Jokic is having kind of a quiet night or Aaron Gordon isn't isn't going off where there's there's an opening there for him to really be able to look look around recognize the situation and say okay this is my time to take over this is my time to be assertive aggressive and I'm going to go out and I'm going to carry this basketball team cuz he's capable of doing it and he, he too often he doesn't do that and I'm left wanting more but last night he was terrific, and last night he went yeah. out. He recognized after Murray went out with the ankle and was not going to be coming back in the second half. He was terrific in the third quarter. He took 23 shots. He was 12 of 23. This wasn't one of those heat-check nights where he's 11 for for 14 and everything's going in. You know, he, he was barely a, a little over 50% shooting. Yeah. But he kept shooting, kept looking for a shot. I'd like to see more of that. One of the things that, that I really like last night is okay so he knocked down some threes and he got you know there was a couple of there's occasionally where he get in a kind of in a little groove and and you know he, he was heated a little bit so it was great but i think the i think for me there was some dirty work opportunities there was some dirty work on the glass there was some dirty work going to the rim there were a few blocks there were a few steals they were down underneath the rim i, I that those are the things to me that were the difference for Michael. Like, he was engaged in the entirety of the game, which when he got his opportunity, he wasn't afraid of letting his letting it fly. And I, I thought that, I thought the way he played lended to the keep shooting mentality, if that makes sense. So that that's the part I liked. A lot of Broncos stuff from the Combine. Good work being done there by Andrew Mason and uh, Cecil Lammy. Uh, the Broncos have been very, very aggressive in talking to the quarterbacks. Mace points out that they have talked to Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Pratt, the quarterback from Tulane. They have 45 visits that they're allowed at the Combine. Seven of the 45 have been with quarterbacks. Is this a classic case of uh, Sean Payton when he came out and said that he's looking to fall in love with one of these guys? Is he giving himself every chance to fall in love? Sure. This is like like The Bachelor, you know? He's giving himself every opportunity to find love. Find his soulmate. Do you think he'll give anybody a rose? This is the equivalent of it. Yeah. He is walking. Would it be safe to say that he goes into every one of these meetings figuring he's not going to be dazzled, not going to be blown away, and he's just looking for somebody to just knock his socks off? As opposed to as opposed to as opposed to probably a lot of teams who are evaluating quarterbacks, they're going in looking, hoping to find the sign or the signs that this this is somebody I could right. easy. Do you think he goes in opposite with more of a pessimistic I'm not expecting much attitude. You know Sean, how do you so, how do you think he goes into these quarterback meetings? No big whoop. Hey, 
Rogue, how does how does the bachelor work? Do you you go into each one of those dates looking to make out, or is there is it? Do they make out on every date, or do they? Kind of seems like it. Yeah, they do. They do. It's almost like they tell them to do it. Right. No, it's, like, it's not almost like they do it. They do. They, yeah, they do. That's part of the. So how many typically? How many when you start? How many? How many? How many ladies are there? Um, like twenty. I think more than that. Twenty-five. Give me a nice round number. I think like 30. 30. Yeah. So at, at, at some point during the course of the elimination process, does the dude make out with 30 different women? Um, Not all in one night. No. But close to. Probably like 20. And there's he could, he could be kissing up to like 10 different women a night. Couldn't you eliminate a lot of the women quicker if you just made out with every one of them in one night and then you said, <laughs> okay, these 10, no. That's I'm, disgusting. I'm serious. It's honestly sick. It is sick. And as a father of a daughter, I'm, I find this, this whole show revolting. I, I truly do. It really do. is. I truly do. I cannot fight my tongue. I, 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 I despise it. But that doesn't mean I'm not curious. How many, how many <laughs> of the 30, how many does he hook up with? Uh, I mean, in no, the true, explain what well, you mean by that. In the true biblical, in the true biblical sense. Okay. okay. All right. I, I, I know How many of the thirty? Uh, probably up to two because they only have a chance. So once they get down to the end and there's two left, they do an, the overnights. So it gets down to like four, and they go and visit the families, and then two get eliminated, and then it's time. Those are called the hometowns. And then they get one chance to spend the night together. Yeah, but how much? Okay, but when the cameras aren't rolling, I don't much, think he. You, I don't think no? they. No. So you think no. the most is two? Yes, if if that. Like sometimes they spend the night together and they don't do that. Mm. You know. So he makes out with upwards of twenty. Yeah. Hooks up with two. Yes. Picks one. Yep. Maybe he might. They might not during the overnights. Maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Seriously. It sickens me. But before, what's going on with Sean Payton right now? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Sean, yeah. oh, yeah. Sean Payton's at the Sean cocktail Payton. party, okay? Oh, yeah. So before Do you each- think he's made out with any of these quarterbacks? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> but you know what's funny is like sometimes he'll make Figuratively out. Figuratively speaking. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, sometimes he'll Mo make Nicks. out with one of them. <laughs> Don't think I haven't noticed you noticing me. Bo Nix wants to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, Sean Payton's at the cocktail party. Oh, and yeah. then later on, it'll be time for the rose ceremony. And then we'll get to see who he yeah, is. Right. Does he give anybody a rose? The, the rose. The last the rose. rose. This is it. This is it. This is. But this is, seriously, this is what he's doing. This yeah. is. But I do think that he goes into, all kidding aside, I think he goes into this with the idea of, I'm not going to be blown away. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, right, because... You've told the story famously. The the Pittsburgh Steelers never had any intention of hiring Mike Tomlin. Correct. They did the interview with him. They were going to probably promote somebody from within the Steelers. Yeah, they were they were either going to promote Russ Grimm, Hall of Fame offensive guard, uh, a, a mentor of mine, or Ken Wisenhunt, who was the OC at the time. And um, Mike Tomlin came in and... They didn't. They literally didn't let him go. He just blew them away, which I can, having met with Mike Tomlin on several different occasions, I totally understand why he blew them away. Guys, 
freaking awesome. Well, that's why when it comes to this this whole quarterback debate here, and, and there has been endless hours and mm-hmm. all kinds of articles and all kinds of all kinds of conversation about you know what the Broncos are going to do and what they should do. Right. To me, I just I just think the advice is relax because if Sean Payton identifies a quarterback. I'm going to feel pretty good about it because I trust Sean Payton to have a better than uh, average idea of what what wins in this league at the quarterback position. And if he identifies somebody that he believes and knowing the importance, he he knows it. He's he's not getting any younger. And if he wants to win another Super Bowl and go to the Hall of Fame, he has to find his quarterback. So if whoever he uh, endorses or ordains, I'm going to feel really good about. So I'm not really sweating the whole thing. Because I know he's going to pick one, mm-hmm. somebody. And that could be, by the way, a free agent. That could be somebody in the second or third round. Right. You could trade for somebody. It doesn't matter. For me personally, I'm not sweating it because I have enough faith in Sean Payne that whatever direction he goes in, he's he's telling us how important the position is. He he. Spent one year with Russ and said no thanks and thought so little of Russ that he's willing to take on an $89 million dead cap hit. Whoever he chooses, whoever he hands that final rose to, it's going to be true love. There we go. Finished it up with the Bachelor reference. Mm-hmm. True love. Soulmate. True love. How many of, Rogue, how many of those people stay together once they're matched up? Not a lot. We have the famous one. Colorado, the people, Colorado, right? uh, the 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 pair, um, the former football was he a football player? Ryan, is it Ryan? Looked at. I thought up. he was like a fireman or something. maybe he's a fireman. Yeah, I thought he was an athlete though too. Anyway, they've well, been they together. Claim to be athletes. This, this last one was a tennis. He's a tennis player. <laughs> Whoop de doo, Basil. You saying tennis players aren't athletes? Yeah. Basically. Really? No. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm saying that tennis player wasn't an athlete. <laughs> uh, some more stuff to uh, comment mm-hmm. on at uh, denversports.com. Uh, Will Peterson shared Dan Orlovsky. See what Dan Orlovsky, your guy, did? we got to get Dan on. No, what is it? He said that, he says there are two teams out there mm-hmm. that if Russell Wilson is the starting quarterback for that team, they could win 11 games okay. next year. Who do you think those two teams are? Uh, Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Correct. That's easy. He said, dude, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he used dude, so you know he was yeah. serious. Dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be an 11-win team with Russell Wilson. The they won, Fal- 10, they the, won 10 with three quarterbacks. The like, Atlanta Falcons would be an right, 11-win man. team with Russell Wilson. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons would have been an 11-win team with competent quarterback play. Their quarterback play was so bad. Their defense was outstanding. I mean outstanding. But they couldn't they couldn't produce Ditley Poo from the QB position. They can both run the ball because they have the parameters of what I said. Has nothing to do like that. That's a statement. That's more of an indictment on Russell Wilson. It's a. It's a. It's accolades thrown towards that football team and the way they're constructed. They've got 
awesome defense. Incredible players on the defensive side of the ball. They've got big strapping. Atlanta's got a great offensive line. They can run the ball. They've got fullbacks and tight ends and two running backs that can really get it done. And so that to me is more about the way those teams are constructed than it is about like, hey, you can manage your team to 11 wins with Russell Wilson if you go to one of these two teams. That's a, that's that's not not to me. That's not throwing. I, I'm sure Dan's trying to throw flowers at Russell Wilson. That's throwing flowers. Speaking of bachelors, that's throwing a bunch of roses to the way they constructed the team. Believe in it. Believe it. They won 10 games. Pittsburgh won 10 games with tiny hands. Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph and Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback. Oh, there's a ooh, 11 wins. Well, forget about Pittsburgh. Wow. How about Cleveland winning 11 games? They won 11 games. Who were the quarterbacks they won 11 with? Flacco. I told you Flacco could play. You didn't want to believe me. Yeah, it only took about five years, but you, you were right, Mark. Yeah, of course yeah. I was right. Yeah, what what were the Nick Wright rules? Instantly right. <laughs> Instantly right. Eventually right. Yeah. Cartoonish, clownly, like cartoonishly wrong. You, you are w- right, Mark, and you are handsome. You were eventually right. Eventually right, like the Aaron Rodgers thing. Joe Flacco still had something. I was about right to about Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I was eventually proven correct. And I'll be, I will be eventually proven correct about J.J. McCarthy and Justin Herbert. Mm. And Jim Harbaugh, the love triangle. Stop the cap. You will see, Captain Steubing. <laughs> Don't. That's too deep. It's too old. Too old. Uh, by the way, sure? Dan, Dan Orlovsky also said, because they were having the debate about if Russ will even be on a team next year. Uh-huh. He said, quote, Russell Wilson was a top 10 quarterback performance-wise for most of the season last year, and we think that he's going to be out of the NFL? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't buy that. That he's not gonna. That there will not be a team that'll be interested in Russell Wilson. There will be a team that gets uh, uh, left out of the uh, quarterback game of musical chairs, and they'll be looking around for a, a veteran bridge placeholder guy. And Russell, Russell, find a spot. Especially, especially since the Broncos are going to be paying. 38 of the $39 million that he'll make next year because he'll be able to go to a team and say, hey, look, the Broncos are paying the freight. You only have to pay me a million bucks, veteran yeah. minimum. How do you, uh, what do you think of that? And teams will be like, yeah, sure. For a million bucks, why not? Hell yeah! Agreed. That's that whole he won't be in the league thing. But if there's ever been an opportunity to basically bash on the analytics people, Russell Wilson is is exhibit A. For Dan Orzlovsky, who played quarterback, to try to pull that foist that those numbers mean something is it's just not right. Yeah, but I've okay. But I've I've always felt that and it used to be ten wins when it was the sixteen game season, so I guess maybe eleven, but winning still even with seventeen games, winning ten games in the NFL is is hard to do. There were yes. 32 teams in the NFL that played football last year. How many do you think won 10 games? Don't look at the standings. 32 won teams. 10 or more. How many teams won 10 or more games? Of 32 teams, um, yeah. probably not quite a third of them. 
So you've got seven. You've got seven in each. Fourteen playoff teams, right? Yep. Okay, so hey, folks, this is how the beautiful mind works out math. So this is kind of like you know Russell Crowe's character, yeah. and he's seeing all the numbers. I said not quite a third. Well, that would be you're getting to see how the sausage is made, folks. Here we go. Got like, it. Oh, that'd be like eleven, eleven teams, almost twelve teams, eleven and a half teams, whatever it is. The numbers they don't quite, they're not even. Um, but I would say ten teams won ten games. And there were a couple of nine and eight teams that got into the playoffs. Twelve. The yeah. data freaks. Well, that's right at, at, at a third. Yeah. So I was right. The third. Right, right about a third. Well. The, There's a little over a third. There are 32 teams in the Not 36. So, yeah. Right. But it's 12. over a third. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I said right around a third. Yeah. So 12 right, teams. I'm right again. But 12 teams out of 32. Yeah. Made it to 10. So less than half. And so that, a, that's a just. A third show, of them. It just shows yeah. you. Stop with the fractions. <laughs> it just shows you how difficult it is to still win 10 games in this league. Uh, all right. How third, many? I think a third of the teams winning 10 games is a lot of teams. I hate numbers. How many do you think won 11? So if if 10 used to be the standard for 16 games, now we're 17 yeah. games. So I guess then 11 is okay, 6. Okay, you said 12. So how many, how 12? many won 11 or more? 11 or more. So you said 12. That would be nine teams won 11 or more. Seven. Seven Should teams. Eight. Eight. So eight. I was right again. It seems to me like you're the expert, Mark. So, if if winning 10 or 11 games still counts for something, mm-hmm. then you're saying in the case of Pittsburgh and Cleveland, it doesn't count. What? <laughs> meaning, meaning, well, look at how they did it. I mean, look at they didn't want it. They Pittsburgh did it with three quarterbacks. Cleveland did it with uh, you know Joe no, Flacco I'm, off I'm, the couch. I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying we put way too much weight on quarterback numbers. Ah, so the quarterback's role in winning ten or eleven games needs to be looked at differently. Well, or it's over. It's over exaggerated. I think there's a. I think there's a line of demarcation. If you have a really good team. A really well constructed and coached team, you can win with above average quarterback play. If you have a team that is not that way, then you have to have exceptional quarterback right. team, to, quarterback play to win. And to Orlovsky's point, uh, please those, tell me because I'm not sure. Oh, here's what. Okay. It, well, let me tell you what it is. Okay. So there were 12 teams that won 10 or more games last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of those 12, only two of them. We're able to overcome mediocre quarterback play for, for for most of the season, and that was Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Yeah. yeah, everybody else you would look at and say they got there really because of, in large part, but, but, because of the quarterback. Okay, I want to, uh, you know what? Because the point I'm making is that let me write right, something. Let me write something down because we want to get. Well, I want to get to this. All right, write it I've down. I've already forgotten it. No, you didn't. I've already. No, forgotten. you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. What would you just say? Uh, two of the uh, two of the, the twelve. Overcame, overcame mediocre quarterback okay. play. Okay. Write it down. All right. Write All right. it down. Uh, apparently, Mar- oh, Mark's got something good. They do football via math. All right, we'll find out what Mark's writing down. I can't wait. It's coming up next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found you. How? 
That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is this that you're so... You're so... Big! Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. So, we expect to have Cecil Lammy on from the combine after he's done looking at quarterbacks without their shirts on. So we're... We want to come up with a fake scouting term to try to right. dupe him. And and since you have done your quarterback breakdowns and you've discovered that both Michael Penix and Drake May have loopy deliveries, we want to come up with a... Well, no, Michael Penix doesn't have a loopy delivery. Michael Penix has a sidearm, like, it's just not a great, it's just not great, but... But, but Drake can, May is loopy. Loopy, but we can still but, kind of fit it in. So. Well, I uh, see. Here's here's. So oh, I need a fake one. All right, I've gotten a bunch of your guys's. I like. Can I can I read a couple of them? Oh yeah. And then you can do yours. Yeah 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 yeah. Uh, here here are some that I like. I love this one. Arc angular misfire. Arc angular misfire. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Boat winch delivery. Boat winch delivery. See, but those are two. That's like that's. Yeah, but us. I could see. But you could see like an old time scout going. Ah oh, man. <laughs> Got delivery like a boat winch. Yeah, well, that would that'd be like like when that dude runs, it looks like he's towing a boat, like because he's slow, you know. Right. And have the explosive. He's like it's a boat tower. Okay, keep going. How about this one? Residual circular acceleration. Residual circular acceleration. <laughs> See, I like that. I, I like, like that, that one a lot. Those are ones that you can sort of. Uh, all right, you've got one. Okay, so I made one up, but it really comes from taking a bunch of these ideas off the text line uh-huh. and then aggregating them. Do you aggregate together? Is that, would that be the right term? Aggregating is you're, you're collecting, You're right? collecting yeah. them and, and pulling them together and then like parsing out the different terms and creating my own term that sounds very like technical scout. So here it is. You ready? His trigger to delivery arc. Ooh. Oh, trigger to delivery arc. Oh yeah. So his trigger to delivery. So arc, the trigger is when you he like starts to to start his throwing motion. To his delivery, that arc is about a tenth to two tenths of a second too long. In my experience, having watched and studied this game for a long time. You don't change a guy's mechanics once you get him. It just never works. And you know you can look at um, you can look at David Carr. Do you remember that? Do you remember when they drafted David Carr number one out of Houston? I believe right. Well, he drafted him to Houston. I'm not sure where he oh, where played he college college ball. I can't remember. But I just remember at the time. Um. I think Chris Fresno. Fresno. I think Chris Palmer was the offensive coordinator. And I don't know if you remember this drill they were doing. They were having him drop back and throw it. And they had two ladders on the field. (laughs) Do you remember this? 
No, uh, you, I, you just trigger another memory. Okay, they had two ladders on the field, and they had like a pole between the two ladders. And so he had to change his arm mechanics to more over-the-top throw, so every throw he made had to go over the... It had to go over the pole that was sitting between the two ladders. I bet you could find the picture on the internet. Really? I, w I watched it, and I was like, you have got to be <laughs> pooping me. Almost cussed. I go, are you serious? Yes, and that's what they were doing. It That just that it doesn't go well. So when you have to change a dude's mechanics, something he's been doing, he's done it 10,000 times that way. Exactly. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of poor Tim Tebow. Like, oh, they they got him here. And remember when they had the the towel under the armpit, and trying to get him. Man, to, you got to feel this shirt. Trying to get him to not get you know the chicken wing type thing. He was trying to throw footballs with towels under his armpit. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And he would throw and throw like, and throw. Nobody remember nobody because. You know, nobody works harder than Tim Tebow. Um, he would throw and throw and throw. And I'm just like, dude, Broncos, he's he's throwing a thousand balls the wrong way. <laughs> he could throw a million of them. If he keeps throwing them the wrong way, it won't matter. Sorry about that. Doesn't matter if he's <laughs> drowning in sweat and he's out there in the hot sun for six hours. It doesn't matter. He uh, keep doing it the wrong way. I'll never forget Jeez. standing. There's two. There's two moments where I'm standing at one. I was at practice, watching a drill where they're just throwing basics, twelve yard in cutting route to the tight end. I mean, you can run it. Any receiver can run a basic, but that's what a basic is. When you say a basic, it's a twelve twelve yard in cutting route. So you go straight up and bam, hard into against air. It's just you and the tight ends running it. And all the quarterbacks were there. And I literally watched him on five throws complete one, I think. Over the heads, dirting them. I mean, it was, I'm like, you, you, you're are you messing with us? <laughs> like, are you messing? And that's where I came up with the term, are you sure you're left-handed? It was, it might have been the worst thing I've ever seen on an NFL practice field, ever. And I spent a lot of time on an NFL practice field. Like, it, it was, it was like you were running, it was like you were running that, you know that show, what's that show they run, Impractical Jokers? That's, it was like a scene from Impractical Jokers. And this is somebody who in college, at Florida, Winning Heisman's national championships completed 66% of his passes, including 68% of his passes his last year. If that doesn't, if that is not like exhibit A to your point that you've been making throughout the last couple of weeks in evaluating these college quarterbacks, that you just can't evaluate them because the college systems that they run isn't even in the same stratosphere as what so, happens in the NFL. This guy right. who couldn't complete versus air. Completed sixty eight percent of his passes his last year in college. The other one was I was I was um, this is before I was persona non grata, but I was uh, I was honorary team captain, so I went out for a, a coin toss. It was against the Patriots, and they're running. So I'm out there just kind of hanging around watching, and they're running pat and go pregame. 
It's on the field. Invesco, pregame, pat and go. In all my years, because the offensive line is warming up in the end zone during pat and go. In all my years of playing, I bet you three balls didn't hit the ground in 12 years in pat and go. You just don't, they're, they're not dropped and they're, you know, on the money. You're just throwing a, you're throwing a, it's 25 yard, you're throwing a little go route. The ball travels, you know, 18 yards in the air, whatever. I saw six balls that were no either dirted or eight yards over the head or out of bounds. And I'm standing there and the receivers are running the pad and going, and then they come back and they come back in the back of the line. And one of the receivers for the Broncos looked at me and goes, You gotta be effing kidding. <laughs> but okay, because the the T Bo Bowites are coming out in force now, so which, is, which is fine. But yeah, it, it makes come get a taste. It, it makes what they did that year. I uh, fill in the word, fill in the blank. Remarkable, astounding, uh, otherworldly. We'll never inconceivable. see inconceivable. We'll never we'll never see it again. It was to say that that was a magical. Where did that come from? We'll never see anything like it again season. Yes, it was for all those reasons you just highlighted. And we were able to witness it all. We went along for the ride. It was magical. It was awesome. But it's stories like this that you just told that just make it that much more amazing that it ever happened. Yeah. (laughs) Because it just, it shouldn't have happened uh, the way you're describing it. Okay. Is it just me? Friday uh, rolls on next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. So our last conversation sort of weaved and bobbed and found its way over to Tim Tebow. And uh, you knew that you knew the Tebowites would uh, would respond in force. Here you go. Tebow is exactly like Jamal Murray when the lights we're on the brightest. That's when Tim came to life. Winning is the bottom line. It doesn't have to be pretty. It has to end in a win. Okay, please. I, do, do not insult Jamal Murray by comparing Tim Tebow to Jamal Murray. Please, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Okay? You have to be able to execute basic things. And it is not, it is not just about, I mean, so many guys have to play above the board to be able to, to, to win in those. You've got to, uh, it, yeah, it, it isn't that. But it, the, that year was magical. And, and, and the texture is right. It, it, he found ways to win. Yeah, he did. Seven and four that year. Mm-hmm. Found ways to win. Yeah, like like when he kicked a sixty-six yard field goal to beat. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. Chicago. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna besmirch like, that year. It was no, 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 it no. Was, but, but acting like he found the ways to win. Like th- that's an insult to the rest of the guys that were on that team that busted their asses, running the football, kicking sixty-plus yard field goals. It, it, like. To, to sit there and say, he found the way to stop. Just stop it because you're going to piss me off and then I'm going to say some stuff that, you know, that gets textures on me like, 
they're on me already. But like it, it, Tebow's NFL career, it was like it was like Camelot. It was it was perfect because the way it ended. Because the way it mm-hmm. ended was was that. That's your final memory, really. Yeah, there were a few other stops, and he's you know running in the rain and all that kind of stuff. But he never had uh, another game after the Pittsburgh game, or excuse me, uh, no, the next week against uh, New England. They got crushed in that game, right? But that was his. That was the final game that he played where he was credited with a win or a loss as a quarterback. Was the Pittsburgh? Was was oh, oh the, the, the New, New England, England game? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that memory, it's like he's forever young, right? It's 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 uh, uh, Jim Morrison, right? Forever young type thing, right? Yeah. It's just, and that's that's the final memory. And there was no chance for that memory to to get soured. It wasn't like he went on and actually started in the NFL for like another three or four years and got a chance to play week after week, week week mm-hmm. after week after week after week. Because right. I think had that happened. Your right. memories of him would not be as pristine as they are, but that doesn't matter. All that matters is that for for most of you, you're able to look back on Tebow's time and say, "Hey, I can still see him throwing it to Demarius Thomas." Thomas take, and I was there that day in the stadium. I've never heard that stadium louder yeah, than it, it was on that play, dude. I will I will say this: it was an incredible. It it was an incredible run. It was. Magical. It, it was all those things. It, it it really was, and he's one of the greatest humans on the face of the planet. I love. I, I mean, I love the time I have spent with Tim Tebow doing different events and stuff. Guy is tremendous. He really is. He's right. He's a great, great dude, and the work that he does. He's a. Ama- he really is an amazing human. He's Absolutely. one of the most amazing humans on the planet. Correct. Doesn't it do- doesn't mean that he was a great player and that he would have been a great player and. And you can be wrapped up in nostalgia, and I, and it's and it's good. I mean, it, that's that's all that is all good. But you know, those of you that think there's some conspiracy, he's just too good of a Christian, and they decided not to let him play, is the dumbest thing anybody could possibly say. And you sound like a lunatic when you say stuff like that, because the bottom line of if you can play and you are that good, they will let you play. They let criminals play. Yeah, they let straight up. Well, play. I always kind of looked at it the other way. It was because he's such a good Christian. That's why he should get a chance to be a quarterback in the NFL. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, there's, no. there's both sides. No. There's exactly, both sides but that, there's yeah. both sides of but it. But arguments were made both ways. Okay, hey, let me. You All know right. what? But, you wrote something down. Yeah, I wrote something down, and we're supposed to get to this. So, you know, we the, we're so enamored, like oh, seven different quarterbacks they're meeting with, and blah 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 blah. And, uh, and, and then you talked about the one third of the teams that that had ten plus wins right. and um, and this that and the other and you know one team did it with three different core or two teams did it with three different quarterbacks in Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cleveland won eleven games and in Pittsburgh won ten games and that's when you know I started to think about you, know, you just triggered a thought in my head is do we have it all wrong? Because everybody's trying to, everybody's elevating quarterbacks and trying to find, you know, the next Mahomes. And, and you're trying to really, you're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. And the truth of the matter is, you can win in this league if you build a really good team. And so we're so enamored with this quarterback position and, 
you know, what the quarterback is asked to do and can the quarterback operate behind the line of scrimmage and can he get us into the right play and can we get into a premium play and can we do this and can we put all this on the quarterback's plate when really you should be going, look at Pittsburgh, look at Cleveland and almost have that field of dreams philosophy if you build it it will come. No, because Pittsburgh and Cleveland had to huff and puff and claw and scratch and mm-hmm. dig and all that stuff to get to 10 and 11 wins. And it, it was a, a very impressive accomplishment, you know, but then they, they went and got blown out in the playoffs. They, you you talk about well, like crashing up against your your glass ceiling. There cor- there you go. Cor- well, that's correct. That is correct. But what is what's a more sustainable model? So what's a more sustainable model? Building a really good defense, building a really good football team, building a really good line of scrimmage, building all those things so that you can run the ball and that you can have duality on offense, and so you can defend multiple things on the defensive side of the ball. Or continuing to dip in the draft and take a quarterback, any quarterback, because once we find our guy, New York Jets, uh, you know, our lives are going to be better. Then once we find our guy after 20 years in, in purgatory, then then all of a sudden, you know, so we can go 20, 30 years without getting a playoff sniff. But once we find him, we just got to find him. And all the while, what you're doing is letting the rest of your team get weak because you're chasing it and you're continuing to roll guys out there and you continually screw things up. Well, we're having two different, well, we're having two different arguments here. There's two different debates here because it's one is the importance of the quarterback versus how you go about and try to find that quarterback. No, no, nobody is denying the importance of the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. And I think Pittsburgh and Cleveland is an example of that. Here are two teams that were exceptionally well coached, really good roster building, and man, they clawed and scratched their way to 10 and 11 wins, but we all came away understanding they're not going any farther until they find their quarterback. Understood. So, what what are you saying? Are you saying that the quarterback position isn't important or the way that people go about trying to find the all-important quarterback position is what you have the problem with. To me, it's it's different. Right. I am saying the way they try, the way they try to find the the strategy, the major strategy in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position is hope. I hope he's our guy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's throwing darts. And what I'm saying is you can build a really good football team and you can be competitive and you can win games and you can create awesome seasons. Kansas City Chiefs, they're winning 11, 12 games with Alex Smith. They had built a really good football team. Yeah. They knew they were up against a glass ceiling and then they found a guy that they absolutely loved and everybody that talks about him from John Gruden to Andy Reid to all the people that loved him all said the same thing about him. He reminded them of who? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. And they all had touched. They'd all been around Brett Favre. And, And so I guess what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is we have become such 
myopically focused on just the quarterback and solve the quarterback and the quarterback and the quarterback and the quarterback and the quarterback. And I'm sorry, you can have a good quarterback. You can waste him if you don't have a good football team. I, I just am a believer in building from the inside out. And then, you know, that quarterback, like, if he, they, they don't come around very often in the draft. Like, but you do acknowledge that the quarterback is the most important Absolutely. position on the team. Absolutely. That you have to have one. Uh, to, if you, if you want to win a championship, and you if, have to have, a, you have to, unless you get that dramatic outlier. Right. Which, like the Broncos in 2015. The Broncos in 2015. You get the, you know, you get the, um, Oh shoot! Uh, the 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 skins the Redskins of nineteen ninety one. You get the Baltimore Ravens of two thousand. It just doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. It's not going to happen. The the Bears of eighty five. It's not going to happen very often. But what I'm saying is, you can still build a competitive team. And so when you do fall into that, you're ready. Okay, that that's fair. This is the classic two things can be true at the same time, Zach By that yeah. the, the quarterback position is absolutely crucial. You gotta have one. You gotta find one. But in the same breath, teams are stupid in the way that they try to go find that that yeah. guy. All's a, yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying is teams are dumb. I like yes. that. In the final analysis, we teams just wrapped it up are just dumb. like that. Put a nice little bow on it. NFL teams are dumb. dumb. You know who's not dumb? The Denver Nuggets aren't dumb. It's why they are going to win another championship. Woo! Yep, that's right. Just said it. That's next.